It is just past 7 o'clock, and we've got a huge show on tap for you tonight. It's Ira on Sports. This is the True Oldies Channel. I'm Mike Balsamo, and Ira, aren't we so excited? It's the first sports action we've had in a while. The NFL Draft is this week, and this is our draft prep show. You got it all down. I'm excited. I'm yeah. real excited about this draft. And uh, I did have a, a sports sighting, though. I actually saw a sports celebrity while I was doing sports. So that'd be interesting. I was biking in Jupiter Island. So mm. I was biking up there, socially distancing all by myself alone. <laughs> and I'm riding a road. There's nobody on the road. And a golf cart is going like 50 miles an hour headed towards me with no one else on the road, right in the center of the road. And I look up and it, it just came right upon, almost like I had to dive out of my bike <laughs> to find it. It was Justin Leonard on the, uh, uh, the uh, <laughs> driving the golf cart. Now, he was socially distancing, not saying anything, but he was driving the golf cart pretty fast in the middle of the road. <laughs> the, the crazy stuff you see on Jupiter Island. And there's always uh, pl- plenty of pros hanging out over there. So since this is our draft show, we've got an excellent guest today. His name is Dan Parlagreca. Tell us about him. Dan is like one of those draft gurus. I mean, he's very similar to Mel Kuyper Jr., but he's not on ESPN. But he has a DPG, DTP draft report yeah. that a lot of people follow. He has a book that people order. Um, got some really good insight with him. We ask him a lot about the local players, so I'm excited yeah. about that. So uh, he's really good insight. I've seen him on TV before. You, pro- you guys have probably seen him somewhere. He's everywhere. And uh, But it, it, I'm excited to have him on our show. Yeah, and we'll have that on in just about five minutes or so. After that, we'll have Ira do doing uh, his mock draft. Um, but before we get into some some uh, some other stuff, did you happen to see it's social, it's uh, circulating social media today. So they post a picture of the Ray, uh, the 49ers draft room and it's John Lynch's living room or whatever. He's got like five computers, three phones, a TV. They show the general manager of the San Diego Chargers out, five tablets open, his Surface Pro computer, TV's going. Then they show Dave Gettleman of the Giants, and he's on like a little desk that a kid would have in his high school, I mean, his college (laughs) dorm with one computer and a bunch of books and papers everywhere. And it just pretty much sums up my life right now, Ira. Do you think the book said like the 2017 NFL draft, like (laughs) the wrong, like those guys that show up in your fantasy basketball draft and they have like a magazine from like six months (laughs) ago? And they're like naming players that aren't even in the league anymore. And, uh, yeah, Dave Gettleman is the equivalent to the kid with the magazine at the fantasy magazine. Could you imagine in the draft this year is that like someone some picks gonna be made? It's crazy because some like dog, someone's dog ran in and like pushed the computer screen the wrong way, or some little kid dragged the phone and somebody stole it. It's, it'll be interesting to see what's gonna happen with that. But uh, you know, we want everyone to stay safe and healthy. I always gotta say that because it's true. And, and and this week is good because you can sort of get your mind off Corona a little bit and yeah. think about the football Thursday night. You got you got hours and hours out. Hours, first round Thursday night, the second and third round are on Friday, and all day Saturday afternoon is the is the is the final rounds, the third through seven. So you got two nights of, of action, and then you got the whole day on Saturday, um, just to just to you know bring some sports back. And we had the last dance on uh, for the Michael Jordan series that was on a Sunday night. So c- catch us up a little bit of uh, any changes uh, happening with with Corona as far as our sports are concerned. Golf is still set to go on June 11th through 14th to the Charles Schwab Challenge. I'm still doubtful this is going to happen. I mean, that's less than two months away. And even without people, I still think it's going to be pushed back. And then because you're playing at the, the Travelers in Connecticut, the Rock and Morge in Detroit, I really think that's being aggressive trying to think that these golf, but, and they, I heard like the guy who ran the, the Charles Schwab Challenge, uh, at Fort Worth says, well, he hasn't really done any preparations, doesn't really know what he's going to do. So I don't know if they just put them as placeholders, but golf has a schedule from June 11th to November. 15th up to the masters of events but uh, sort of that and we're hopefully going to have Ken Kennerly on I've ta- I was mm-hmm. talking to him and maybe sort of give some sort of insight in terms of what golf's thinking because not only is he involved with the Honda Classic he works with all these other tournaments yeah. and I can't wait to have him on talk about that. It, Ira this is um, anything else actually in Corona that you want to touch on? Uh, college football, it seems to be more talk now. Spring, mm-hmm. playing the games in the spring. I still think that's doubtful that's going to happen. But of anything, that's what they like. Baseball, they, they're now still pushing the Arizona, only being in Arizona. But more and more players, Kershaw comes out saying, look, I don't want to be quarantined. I can't be away from my family for four months. You're starting to get a lot of pushback from players like we'd rather not play than to have to be quarantined for four months. And you got from NHL and NBA, very pessimistic. And the UFC, though, looks like at uh, 249 might go on May 9th. We're having WWE here in in Florida, so there's a way that they, maybe May 9th, they might have a major card. Could be right here in Florida. And that'd be pretty interesting stuff. Um, Ira, I forgot to mention, did you happen to see Brooks Kepka's tweet about playing with no fans? 
No, what do you say? He said we're going to lose a lot more balls. <laughs> Without the fans finding our, our errant tee shots. Um, uh, before that, we're going to do a whole bunch of draft. And in just a minute, we'll have Daniel Parlagreca on. But Ira, what are we doing next week? Because this is going to be a really big show again. Right. So next week, we have a lot to talk about. The NBA did a, something major happen this week. Is Jalen Green, who was the number one player in the draft, and Isaiah Todd, who was number 13, decided they weren't going to go to college next year. They're not going to Europe. They're actually going to go in a special select team that the NBA has created. They've been talking about this for years. And we'll talk about all the reasons why there's going to be no one and done. But the idea is that this is going to be a major change. You're not going to see maybe even the Zion Williamson's going to college anymore. They're going to go to a select thing until the NBA and the college gets the worked out in terms of going directly into the pros. But we have a lot to talk about next week about what this means for college basketball, for the NBA, and everything about having the top stars not play college, but play in this select uh, team. And we're also going to have uh, talk about Jordan's last dance. You've seen them last night. It was from 9 to 11. Every Sunday night, they're going to have two hours talking about the final year up to the 98 finals but really it's just the history of Michael Jordan which of course I love and could talk about forever and I want to talk about it next week tell you stories about going to the 98 finals I was there for four of the games including the last shot in Utah and just the whole backward it was last week's show was awesome I can't wait but so we're going to spend time next week discussing everything about the last dance we have a month to talk about that and also we're going to have a great guest next week Ben Cohn who is a, a, a sports NBA writer for the Wall Street Journal he's going to have a, had a book out new book called The Hot hand all about what a hot hand is and Steph Curry and if you're hot in golf and baseball, everything. It's a great book. Ben Cohen's a great writer and uh, I can't wait to have him on our show next week. Let's go ahead and go to Daniel Parlagreca, our draft expert. Right after that, we'll have Ira's mock draft here on Iron Sports. We're talking to Dan Parlagreco from the DPP, DTP 2020 NFL Draft Guide. Getting ready for the NFL draft this coming week, Dan. Uh, this is this is your time. You have this great guide out there. Um, I ordered it already. It's coming. I have, don't have it received yet, but it's on Barnes and Noble. I guess you can do it on Kindle also. So, uh, Dan, thanks a lot for coming on Iron Sports. No, great to be here. A super exciting week coming up here, guys. So, Dan, in terms of this draft, when you're looking at the players, I mean, everything is, we were joking even off the air just now about what could happen in the next few days. And because sort of everybody's been quarantined, the point is that there might not be that much movement. You're not going to have some interviews that come out or anything that comes out. It's, it's going to be different. So how, what do you think about the whole effect of COVID and the shutdowns with this draft and how it's going to affect how these players get drafted? You know, I was reading something this morning that was kind of interesting, and it made me think that there's not going to be as much um, compliance, you might say, amongst teams, because teams are close. Scouting departments are close. I mean, a lot of these these teams, they work together. Um, they'll be scouting a same player. They'll cross paths during the whole pre-draft process, whether it's the combine, these pro days, and uh, they'll have similar grades on players, and that's kind of a... Uh, uh, something that happens throughout all the teams and the different drafts, you know, draft spots, and teams tend to stack their boards similarly to one another. This year is going to be interesting because um, there's obviously not as much pre-draft activity. So what's going to end up happening is teams are going to be a lot more all over the place with players, which in some ways is going to be good because they're not going to be as influenced by other scouting departments, other GMs that they might see uh, during the pre-draft pro- process previous years. So I think there's going to be a lot more surprise picks in this draft. Some, some teams are really going to fall in love with a player or scouting departments are really going to fall in love with a player, not just in the months before COVID, but I think it's going to be uh, in the last few years because obviously we know these scouting departments have known a lot of these college kids from their high school days. So um, it's, it's going to make a really, really fascinating draft because I think there's going to be some first and definitely some, uh, some day two players that possibly we didn't expect to go as high as they went. And also, considering with injuries, they haven't really had a chance to do the workouts with the players, look at the medical, medical reports. Um, two is, of course, the, the, the prime example. But there are uh, dozens of other players that have injury issues that these teams weren't able to address. And I guess it's going to be an issue. I mean, are, they, are some of these players going to draft because they haven't been able to show that, look, their, their torn ACL is 100% better, those type of things? Yeah, that's that's absolutely uh, the case. I mean, we we don't know. I think they're they're probably trying to dig and talk to all their contacts as much as they co- they can when it comes to these medical issues and trying to get doctors' reports. Um, but I would imagine the players like Tua, ones like that that have uh, 
pre-existing medical conditions, their their agents are going to be very, very active in making sure that proper information gets out to these teams as soon as possible because they certainly don't want to see their uh, their clients falling down the board. So we're down here in West Palm Beach. We're talking to Dan Parla Greca of DPP DTP 2020 NFL Draft Guide. And and Dan, how do you get the draft guide? You can order it on Kindle, but you just go online and Google it. And then I went to your site and just I actually just bought it from Barnes and Noble, had it overnighted. But is what's the best way to get the draft guide? Well, you know, it's kind of funny. This year is different because Amazon. Typically, I, I sell my guide mostly on Amazon. But what's happened this year is Amazon, you know, anybody that, that's tried to buy anything off Amazon the last several weeks, uh, everything is pretty much delayed other than necessary, what they deem as necessary products. So um, my draft guide's taken a little bit of a hit because uh, a, lot of my, a lot of my regulars have been emailing me letting me know that they are not going to get the draft book in time if they order from Amazon. So I actually put it up on Barnes & Nobles. I have, a, I have a, a link pinned to the top of my Twitter page for the, the link on Barnes & Noble, how to buy my book so you can get the hard copy in time for the draft. But I also have the Kindle version you can buy on Amazon. That, that's obviously a digital download, so you'll get that immediately. So if you go on Amazon, you type in, you know, 2020 draft guide. My mine should be the first one or the second one up on the on the uh, on the search page, or just type in DTP draft guide. However, however you want to do it, but you'll find it there. That's that's the best way to do it. If you want the hard copy, most likely I would say order off Barnes and Noble. If you want just a digital copy, you can get it right from Amazon. So I guess we're we're down here in West Palm, and everyone here at least is extremely interested in the Dolphins, and I think around the country because they control the draft with three first round picks, two second round picks, and a third round pick. And the big question is what they're going to do with at number five, and, and what what are you thinking? What are you feeling? What they're they're thinking right now at number five? I would think that they're going to want to get their quarterback first. That's going to put them in a situation where they're obviously they can do a lot more with the, the rest of their picks. But I think they're going to want the confidence of knowing they got their guy at quarterback. Um, obviously, you know it doesn't seem like Josh. Josh Rosen is going to stick around. So uh, it just depends on with th- these quarterbacks, which one they like more. You know, do they love Tua or do they love Justin Herbert? You know, um, I, and they, it's, it's possible if teams behind them, like a, like a team like the Chargers or one of these other top 15 teams might start sniffing at trading up, which could cause the Dolphins to use their draft assets to possibly move up to a spot a little bit earlier so they can get the guy they want. Um, I know some of these teams like – you know, the Redskins, Lions, uh, Giants, they, they have kind of hinted in the previous weeks that they would be willing to, to possibly trade down. So if that's the case, the Dolphins might want to, they might be forced to move up if they really, really have a quarterback that they want. So in terms of, the, so do you, where, where, where do you predict? Is it going to be two or Herbert for them at five? <laughs> um, I'll say, I'll say they'll, they'll go Justin Herbert. I think, um, I think Tua, you know, obviously he's looked awesome in his pre-draft workouts, some of the videos we've all seen. Um, I like Tua personally better, but I think Herbert um, has less downside from the angle of, I mean, Tua's been injured a lot. He's got probably the higher ceiling, no, definitely the higher ceiling, but he's, he's been, I mean, you look at his, you know, throughout college, he's, he's struggled with injury issues. So we're not t- dealing with a one-time thing during this pre-draft process that he's struggling with with his health this is something that's kind of plagued him throughout his Alabama career so um, a guy like Herbert who's on the field all the time big strong kid um, I think I could see the Dolphins going that direction if, if I was a betting man that's probably where I'd go and then what do they do with 18 and 26 do you think they're going to stay I mean I see some drafts have them uh, the, um, drafting uh, a wide receiver at 18 Others have them drafting uh, Kinlaw, the defensive tackle from South Carolina. I mean, they have they have a lot of options to do. But do you see that? Where do you see them? What the Dolphins with those next two first round picks trying to address what needs? I think the smart thing would do if, assuming they get their quarterback with their first pick, I think the smart thing would be to make sure that he has the best chance to succeed their quarterback. So obviously, we've seen with quarterbacks in the past, they've had you know probably weren't put in the best positions to succeed from the get go. So I think. You go with positions that can be uh, can instantly help a young quarterback. So you think about an offensive tackle. This is a class that has, I mean, depending on what you read, there could be six, seven offensive tackles going in the first round of this draft. So they're going to probably have their pick of several different ones there at 18. Um, you know, do, do does one of these guys like an Andrew Thomas, Jedrick Wills, you know, one of these guys fall? It, it's possible. I mean, that could be a heck of a pick if they're able to get one of those guys at 18. Um, 
they they could also with their later first round pick toward the end of the draft they could go with um, a skill position. You know, they could they could potentially go two offensive linemen if if they really really want to make sure the offensive line is set, or they can go with a you know a smart play with um, a guy like DeAndre Swift, you know, a running back from Georgia who that can really give give a young quarterback his his blindside offensive tackle and his running back there that he's going to have for you know five six seven years there. So. I would imagine they'll probably try to draft around the quarterback with those other two picks. Um, you know, uh, speaking of this, Dan, I'm a Giants fan. So about yeah. six months ago, I absolutely fell in love with Isaiah Simmons. It's impossible not to, watching the guy play. Yeah. Do you have a, a player in the NFL right now or a, you know, a former prospect that you would compare to Simmons the way he plays? Wow, that's a tough, that's a tough call. He's, um, he's a rare breed. I mean, yeah. there's very few guys that have his length, his wingspan – his size, his athleticism. I mean, I mean, the guy could play safety and be an unbelievable safety. I mean, uh, it's very, very rare. I don't think there's anybody in the NFL right now that compares to him that I can think off the top of my head. I think um, a jack of all trades guy. You know, you could put him rush the passer if you want him to. You can play him as a. You can play him as a. Uh, you know, a slot corner if you want him to. You can line him up against tight end. You can line him up against tight ends, and he can match him in size and length, and obviously running ability. Um, there's just so many different things you can do with him. Um, he'd be a heck of a pick for the Giants because obviously the Giants, you know, I watch the NFC very, the NFC East very closely, and uh, the Giants are a team, a team that's always kind of went with the, you know, the big tough linebackers that haven't yeah. always been the most athletic guys. You know, those hard nosed guys that are good special teams players, but not really guys that make your defense considerably better. Uh, a guy like Simmons, man, talk about making the defense exciting again. I think that would be a heck of a pick for the Giants. And then, you know, the, the other side of the coin is offensive tackle. It seems to be every pick has has the Giants taking one or the other. They're going to have their pick of the litter at, at four if they do decide to go offensive tackle. Who do you think is going to be the best tackle out of this class? Like you said, there could be six or seven first-rounders. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm i a lot higher I'm probably on Andrew Thomas than most are. He's my favorite. I mean, he's, you know, he's blocking the SEC on the left side of the line. I mean, you watch, you watch him against the best pass rushers in the country, and he rarely lets anything by him. Um, he's, he's a heck of a player. I just, I, he's, to me, he's the guy that has the, the least downside, the lowest, um, the highest floor, you might say. Um, some of these other guys, you know, I'm not as high on Beckton as a lot of guys are. Um, I'm not as high on Josh Jones as, as a lot of other guys are. I absolutely love Andrew Thomas because he's got it all. He's got the size. He's got the running up, you know, run blocking, pass protection abilities. Very, very few mistakes. And he's and he's done it in the best conference in college football as far as blocking from a pass rusher perspective. And then what about the wide receiver position? The, probably one of the best wide receiver drafts ever. But it seems like there's like six or seven guys. It, it could go. It almost could go any way where they're going. Which ones do you think? Which ones do you think are going to go higher? Which ones do you think should go higher? Um, I like Jerry Judy the best. And depending on what you read, some have him first, some have him second, some have him third. I think Judy's the guy that um, the way he plays the position, he's going to have success because he can create for himself in a variety of different ways. I mean, he's going to create separation. And for quarterbacks, a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL aren't quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers that can throw a receiver open and, you know, with the tiniest crease of separation can, can throw a fastball in there and, you know, on a timing route. Most quarterbacks don't play that way. So Jerry Judy is a guy that's going to create all levels of a route. He's got so many different release points. He's got so many different ways to, uh, to get open, and he's unpredictable. I mean, you talk to anybody at Alabama, I've talked to some contacts down there, and they're like, he's, un- he's uncoverable. I mean, he just – you cannot cover him – um, no matter who it is, because he's got so many ways to create for himself. And I, I like him the best. I just think he's going to, you know, he's got, at, he's got obviously good speed, but just his route running ability, how smooth he is. He catches everything. I mean, it's just, it's just hard to compete with him. And then we're down here in South Florida, and, and we're interested in terms of this is not really, I mean, Florida State, Florida had an okay year this year, I mean, winning the Orange Bowl, but Florida State and Miami, disappointing years. Maybe next year they'll have stronger uh, people in terms of coming out for the draft. But uh, Perrine for Florida as a running back and Akers from Florida State are two that I see in maybe the top two or three rounds. What do you, what do you think about Akers and Perrine from Florida State and Florida? 
Um, I, I love Akers. I think Akers is a really, really good player. Um, you know, he's he's. I, I haven't picked as far as my fifth running back. Um, he's had some. The, the biggest thing with Akers is he's had some ball security issues. He's had some fumbling issues. But I mean, you talk about a guy that uh, has had unbelievable success. Uh, he's you know he's had maybe a, you know some some ankle concerns. I know he's dealt with some some ankle issues in, during his career. But other than that, and the ball security issues. I mean, the guy can do everything. He can he can pass protect. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. Uh, real physical physical running runner. Um, he understands how to just play the position, and um, you know, it's just a nightmare to deal with. I mean, you get him out in space, you get him to the second level. Linebackers, defensive backs aren't going to want to take him on head on, and he's just a really really good player. Perrine is a good player. I don't know if I see him going quite as high as that. I think he's you know a guy that's kind of been a a jack-of-all-trades, you might say, for, for the Gators for the last four years, but has never really been a dominant player any of those four years. I think this year he he showed something that he hasn't in previous years. Uh, I believe he lost a little bit of weight before the season, looked a little bit more explosive, um, but not a guy that's going to be uh, a three-down player at this point in time, you know, a little inconsistent when it comes to blocking. Um, but he's a good player. I think he'll be, I think he'll be a nice a nice change of pace pack for a team. Um, I'd imagine he'll go somewhere probably toward more toward the middle rounds where I think acres, I would be surprised if acres didn't go on day two of the draft. What about DJ Dallas from the hurricanes? What, where, could he be drafted? Is he going to be drafted in the last two rounds? What do you think with him? I like DJ Dallas. I think, I think so. I think he'll be a really nice, uh, nice developmental player for a team. Um, you know, physical, you know, he plays, plays low center of gravity guy. Um, he, he, you know, he doesn't have a lot of wear and tear on his body. He hasn't played too much, you know, so he's, um, he's a guy that could be a really nice, nice pickup for a team later on in the draft that can play a valuable, valuable role. Um, you know, loves contact, just a, just a physical guy. Uh, he can pass protect. I think he's going to have to be a guy that's going to win a spot on special teams for a team early on in training camp or whoever he gets picked up. But I think he's got a chance to catch on because he can do a lot of things well. And, um, and he's got, like I said, he's got a lot, a lot, very, very minimal wear and tear on his frame. And somewhat lost in with all these first-round wide receivers is Van Jefferson out of Florida. I see him moving in some boards. Uh, he's certainly not a first-round pick, but but where do you see Jefferson f- uh, falling in this draft? Yeah, I think he'll, like you said kind of earlier, this wide receiver draft is stacked. And, um, you know, just talking to different people, I mean, everybody's all over the place with these receivers and Van Jefferson's a good football player. The, the problem with Van Jefferson is he's a guy that um, is good at a lot of things, but not great at any one thing. Um, I think he didn't have a pre-draft injury, I believe right during this draft process. So I, that, that could potentially hurt him, but obviously when it comes to the mental side of the game, you know, having, having his father be, you know, wide receivers coach, he understands the, understands the game so well. Uh, you can tell that in the way he plays. He's a smart kid. He um, body control, concentration, the, the way he can get open, create for himself. Um, he does all the technical signs of the game extremely well. He's very, very, uh, like I said, he's smart. Football intelligence is off the charts. He blocks. He does all the things you want a, a football player to do. He does them excellent. But does he have the upside does he have the athletic ability does he have the, the pure strength the physicality to really be a, a top level wide receiver probably not but he can be a really nice number two or number three receiver for a team and one one last uh player from uh, florida the cj henderson he's a cornerback and you know people are calling comparing him to Deion sanders doesn't want to tackle but can cover anybody uh what's your what's your yeah. thoughts and i see him going everywhere first round second round it seems like after akuda he's the maybe the second best cornerback uh, but he seems doesn't he seems to be all over the place yeah yeah i know i you know it's funny because you talk to a lot of gators fans and the gators fans were a lot of gators fans are harsh harsh on very, very <laughs> yes. about, about the player you know i've had some conversations with with gators fans on on twitter and they're just they, they think he's overrated which is which is kind of surprising you can't always go off with fans fans tend to be either too harsh or um or you know they think their player's the best player so but i i've always loved cj henderson you know when i watched him from the very get get-go i had him I had him as my number two, my two corner back in, you know, October, November. I had him, and a lot of people thought I was crazy then. But now you're even hearing people say that he's the best corner in the draft. So, 
Um, I think he's going to definitely go in the first round. Um, I've heard some talk of top 10, too. I would be shocked if he went that high. But I think if I took a guess, I would say somewhere between 10th and 20th. I mean, I think he is a, um, a really, really good player that's played every, you know, played since his freshman season, a lot of experience already. You know, he dealt with a little bit of an ankle issue this year, missed some game time. But as far as just pure coverage ability, the, the, the agility, the mirror ability, you know, stays on the hip pocket of receivers, allows very, very little separation when it comes to coverage. Um, he could, could arguably be the best pure cover corner in this draft. So he's going to go high. He's a really, really good football player. But obviously, like you said, he does have the, the slight hiccup as far as not being the most willing tackler. So some teams might knock him for that, definitely. We're talking to Dan Parlagreco of the DTTP 2020 NFL Draft Guide. A great draft guide. You can order it uh, on Barnes & Noble, get it overnighted to you, and or you could just download it on Kindle and get, have it for your draft because Thursday, Friday, and Saturday is going to be three exciting days. So, Dan, just a couple more questions. What would you, if when the draft comes, someone's going to be drafted early and it's going to be a shock, it's going to be, I can't believe, give me the player that you think is going to be drafted that no one is thinking that's going to be drafted that high. Well, that's a good question. Um, my, my guess is it's going to be one of these quarterbacks because I think, I think all three, three of the top guys are going to go, are going to go top 10. So I, I could see a guy like a, a Jacob Eason or a guy like Jordan Love going pretty high in the first round. Would that be a total shock? Maybe not because we've heard a little bit of talk, but I can see one of those two going really high, potentially top 20 in the draft. Um, I don't think their talent warrants them getting drafted that high, but as we've seen in years past, um, when it comes to quarterbacks, all bets are off. So I think one of those two guys will, will get drafted a lot earlier than we think. And then on the second, on the second, sort of the, uh, the reverse of this is what would, what a player well, they're not going to be in the green room they're not going to be sitting there but what person what player is going to be in that green room that's not going to be drafted in that first round that everyone's thinking is going to be a first round pick well who's going to fall who's going to be the the tonsil that might drop or, or one of those players and it's hard because you don't know what the outside issues that go into but it, what players what player do you think is not going to be is going to be waiting and waiting and people are going to say boy he's still available he's still available well that's a good question um you know, something I haven't given a ton of thought to, but what I what I would say is I could see one of these receivers dropping just because of the fact that there's teams are going to potentially think to themselves we can get a starter you know in the second third fourth round of this draft why are we going to take a receiver so high so maybe a guy like Ceedee Lamb I've heard that a little bit even though he's incredibly talented I mean we saw you know what he did as far as production wise you know with multiple quarterbacks with Oklahoma but I could see I could see him potentially dropping teams thinking that they can get just a good a player in the second or third round so it wouldn't completely shock me if he drops to the end of the first round even to the early second well Dan thanks a lot for coming on I run sports I really appreciate it it's the DPP DTP 2020 NFL draft guide and uh, I'm sure we're gonna have an exciting week this week and also tell them your Twitter so we can follow you on Twitter you'll be commenting sort of live on the draft during the on your Twitter page yeah no absolutely my my Twitter is just my initial so sorry guys it's complicated because it's D and then T as in my middle name Timothy and then my last name is Parla Greco so DTP draft scout that's my Twitter handle so just connect with me on Twitter Ask me any questions, talk with me, and I uh, would love to talk to you either before or even during the draft. Thanks a lot, Dan, for coming on Ira on Sports. You're listening to Ira on Sports on the True Oldies channel. I'm Mike Balsamo. Great stuff there from Daniel Parlagreco. And now let's get into it. The meat of it. I want to hear what Ira thinks is going to happen in this draft. Of course, Ira, we are both, uh, you know, we've been talking about it. We're both so excited for this. Maybe because. It could be the best wide receiver draft in a long time. Maybe it could be the best offensive line draft in a long time. Or maybe because we just have nothing else to look forward to. Well, last night, I mean, I've been looking at the draft for months, really. But for last night after the last dance was over at 11 about the Bulls, I then, for I started just studying more, going through all my lists, just doing the mocks again. And it's like three in the morning. And I, I just looked up and I'm like, wait, I've been doing this for four hours and it just went by so fast. I'm like trying to look at every possible scenario, what could happen. I'm pumped. I think I, the more I look, I'm more excited and I want to help people out. 
I really think I figured this draft out a little bit. I know I say how to figure stuff out, but to lay it out exactly where the teams are and where the, and also where what there's a cup. There's going to be some points in the draft that are going to be key. It's like one of those things where you're going to have to see which way a team goes and it's going to affect everybody else. The ripple effects of a decision is going to be. So I, I'm excited. This is, I'm probably never been so prepared for a draft <laughs> ever and I can't wait for it. Well, it's funny how, why you brought that up. You know, in fantasy, there's a term for it, the runs. Runs happen when this guy gets drafted and I definitely could see that happen. When the first offensive lineman goes off the board, it's going to be a mess of teams trying to get their linemen. Same thing with receivers. So let's, let's do it. First pick is going to be the Cincinnati Bengals, Ira, and I don't think that uh, you or anybody else is going away from what the pick's probably going to be. Well, I think Joe Burrow is going to go to Cincinnati, and I think Joe Burrow is going to be a Pro Bowl player for Cincinnati. Um, He is old enough and mature enough to step in day one. Now the question is with you with Andy Dalton. Does Andy Dalton go, is he the type of quarterback goes to the Patriots or does Jacoby Brissett for the Colts go to the Patriots? But the fact is that Joe Burrow is going to be the starter from day one uh, for Cincinnati. He grew up Right, about an hour from the stadium. Mm-hmm. The joke is that he can go be at practice and go home and do his parents and, and have and have dinner and yeah. then come back the next day. Uh, he has he is as competitive. When we talk about the competition and the fire that Jordan has, supposedly he has that same type of fire, the same type of leadership. Uh, the one of the greatest years, sixty touchdowns, six interceptions, mm-hmm. and the quality of teams that he beat last year. The he the Alabamas. The Clemsons. I mean, Clemson had lost lost in twenty nine games. Alabama. We talk about this great. We're, we're going through all the drafts, all the players. He went out against a healthy Tua and a healthy Judy and Rugs and all these wide receivers, and he beat them. Mm-hmm. He is he's went against NFL football players. He beat Texas. He he, he Auburn. Everybody. This, I'm telling you, Joe Burrow is the, he had the perfect year. He's the perfect quarterback, and I think he's gonna. I think we're gonna see some exciting things in Cincinnati. Um, speaking of exciting, I feel like people have been talking about Chase Young for a long time, Ira, before before he was even eligible to be drafted. And we were talking about the Boses that watch out for this kid. Washington's going to pick second. And this is a franchise eye that does ridiculous things sometimes. So there's the consensus pick. I'm not going to be shocked if they take a quarterback or trade. What do you think the Redskins do? Uh, it's just too much. Everyone says Chase Young. There must be. I mean, he has. They're, they're saying he's the generational talent. Yeah. Uh, put him in Hall of Fame. As, as Gettleman said, I want to draft the players at the number two position that I think are going to be wearing a gold jacket mm-hmm. in 20 years. And, and Chase Young is that type of player. As I said, I'm a little nervous. I saw him, I've saw, I seen him t- play twice live. And uh, there's a couple of plays where he just somehow he over pursues but, uh, and sort of like gets out of the play. He, he sometimes mm-hmm. loses where the play is. I just, I think he's elite. And I just think the Redskins will pick him because. They have holes everywhere. And at this point, you just have to pick your best player. Let's talk about uh, team number three. It's going to be the Detroit Lions. And this is where the draft starts to get interesting on most people's boards. This is where it gets interesting because this is where I would take Isaiah Simmons. I've yeah. said that Isaiah Simmons is, besides Burrow, I think he's the second best player in this draft. He might have a better career than Burrow. I mean, I think Isaiah Simmons is that Hall of Fame player. And when we look back 20 years, we're like, why wasn't Isaiah Simmons the first pick in the draft? And but I think at Detroit, everyone says they're going to go with Jeff Okuda from Ohio State, the cornerback. But I have a feeling, I just think when you look at Simmons, I think Detroit picks Simmons here. And that's where I'm going to slot him. I know that the mocks, every mock I looked did not have Simmons going there. But you can't be the best player in the draft, according to a lot of people, and then drop all the way to seven for the Carolina. And so, I've seen that in some drafts. And I just think that he, so I'm going to make the prediction that Detroit picks Simmons. Yeah, I don't know why they're so linked to Okuda. They do need cornerback help, but they need help everywhere. So I don't see why taking Simmons would be bad. I hope that's not the case, though. Being a Giants fan, Ira. Um, I'm hoping Simmons makes it. There's a good chance that he doesn't. What do you think the Giants do? Well, if Simmons is gone, then everybody in the Giants said, well, we've got to get Simmons because they could be next Lawrence Taylor, that type of thing. They don't, they're not going to pick Akuda. So this is where Akuda, this is what's interesting about the draft is that if Simmons gets high, then suddenly Akuda starts to fall. It's not nothing bad about Akuda. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just that these so other teams, needs, yeah. right, the other teams don't, you don't see Akuda going to the Giants. You don't see Akuda going to Miami or the Chargers. And no one seems to be trading up for him. And I'm trying to do this draft without the trades because it's yes. almost impossible to factor in trades. But I think the Giants go with an offensive lineman. And, and we're talking about uh, Tristan Wirfs uh, to go uh, from, from Iowa to go, to go there at that position. I mean, you have in this draft a bunch of about five offensive tackles. And Becton from Louisville, uh, Wirfs from Iowa, Thomas from Georgia, uh, Willis from Alabama, and Josh Jones from Houston. And those five are going to go in the top 
14 or 11 picks. Um, and this is going to be the one. So I, I just, I think, I don't think Wirfs is the best of them, but it seems like that's what the Giants like because it's more of the mocks I've seen him going there. So I think that Wirfs from Iowa would go there. But it's like these teams, why would the Giants take Wirfs? Because they have these young quarterbacks and you have to protect them with the tackle. And they feel we've invested in Daniel Jones. We've got to have a strong tackle, and this is why they're going to go with a tackle. Yeah, 18 fumbles last year in uh, in 12 games for for uh, Daniel Jones. So they do want to get that short up, and I, I agree. I think that Werfs, even is ahead of Becton now, I think for a while there it was close, but I think Gettleman, if he's going offensive line, it's going to be Werfs. Uh, number five is going to be our Miami Dolphins, and this this is uh, they're going to have a choice here probably. I mean, this the story came out that Tua on his wonder – Wonderlick score, which is this test of aptitude, supposedly scored average. People were shocked. You got a 13. That's below average. <laughs> well, they, whatever. The rumor was that whatever, but he was, wasn't as smart as people thought he would mm. be at the Wonderlick. And, but every, you can pull up people had the perfect Wonderlick scores that never took a, uh, yeah. you know, never played us. I think Lamar Jackson got a seven. Right. So, so you, <laughs> and he's the MVP. I, I had 33 touchdowns, three interceptions. Uh, last, the year before, he had 43 touchdowns and six interceptions. He's left handed, which is also uh, very good and helpful because it's different. It shows it's a type of uh, something that defenses aren't used to. But I think that these health concerns are relevant, but hopefully he's learned. I mean, as Nick Saban said, and we said last week, he's learned to stay healthy. And meaning staying healthy, not trying to extend the play where you're going to put yourself in a position to get hurt. And I, I just look, the Dolphins had a chance. I don't know. Was it 13, 14 years ago when they brought in Dante Culpepper instead of Drew Brees and Drew Brees? And they had them both in, and their doctor said, we're a little concerned about Drew Brees. We don't know how many more years he has left in his shoulder because he hurt his shoulder in the Pro Bowl. Mm -hmm. And, of course, they went with Dante Culpepper, who has been out of the league for the last decade. (laughs) And Drew Brees has every single record you can imagine in the NFL and is a Hall of Famer and everything like that. And that was a a significant move. And I I just think you can't— That probably cost him a Super Bowl. (laughs) Or two, or two, or two. And I just think you can't, you can't, this is, this is one of the most important picks the Dolphins are ever going to have to make. Um, Look, I'm a Steeler fan. We, the Steelers missed on Dan Marino. Mm -hmm. They knew Dan Marino. They, there was thought they could get Dan Marino from Pittsburgh, from Pitt. And he could have been the bridge because the next year Bradshaw got hurt. He could have been the bridge from Bradshaw to Marino. Now there's no bridge in Miami. The bridge is. It's burned a long time <laughs> the ago. Bridge, the bridge, the bridge has been Marino is doing commercials for whatever right now for like the last ten years. But the fact is, is that they they have a chance to get a player, a Hall of Fame type player, and I think Tua is that, and I don't think Justin Herbert is, and I think the Dolphins should go with Tua. Up up next is going to be the L.A. Chargers, and they seem to be in the quarterback market as well. Well, they have no quarterback, so that's one of the things. I mean, they left Phil Rivers go. Um, they really are looking at maybe signing free agents. They it's uh, uh, they really are in a, in a flux in terms of the quarterback, and and they've said they're going to go for a young quarterback now. Justin Herbert from Oregon, we talked about him. I think he's Mason Rudolph uh, better, a little better mm-hmm. than Mason Rudolph. It's someone who six six throws hard, but in all the big games last year, he's thrown for 130 yards, two interceptions, just wasn't a consistent enough player for me. He had 138 yards against Wisconsin, 193 against Utah, 174 against Oregon. On a team like, uh, uh, I mean, uh, uh, Oregon State, I mean, on, on a team like Oregon that had this high-powered offense, he was not really high powered, and I think he's a step back. I, I just I think it would be a big mistake. I, he's gonna. He, I think he'll go to the Chargers, but I think it would be a mistake. I, I do think that they're really interested too in him. So yeah, I, I can't see Justin Herbert making it past uh, pick number six. Uh, number seven is going to be the Carolina Panthers. New coach. They got a lot of holes. What are you doing here if you're the Panthers? Uh, Matt Rule from Baylor comes in here, and, and and you would think with when you think about Baylor and their offense and their power and, and how they were able to really. Be amazing. You're looking to go offense side, but if Akuda is available, then they pick Akuda. Yeah, I mean, it very Akuda's, likely could be. Akuda is not going to drop the whole way down there. Now, say Akuda gets drafted, and we have some of now the question is: Do they go offensive linemen, or do they go Derek Brown, the defensive tackle from Auburn? That's someone people. Everyone's been slotting him there. I'm picking Akuda because I think Akuda is going to fall, and that they would be crazy not to pick Akuda then with the seventh pick. And they let um, James Bradbury walk to the Giants, who was their number one corner. So that's definitely uh, a need there in Carolina. Number eight is going to be the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, what are you doing here? Same thing. Look, Giants, same thing. We need a tackle. Yeah. We have Kyler Murray. That he was number one crap. Pick. Yeah. We have the number one pick uh, last year. We, 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 we're bringing in uh, – uh, 
a great wide receiver for him and Hopkins. Uh, we need to protect him. We need to give them time to, to connect, and, and that's why they're going to go with Becton from Louisville. I mean, it, go ahead. Kyler Murray was sacked over sixty times, so that 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 shows you. And he's as mobile a quarterback as anyone in the league, <clears throat> not named Lamar Jackson. So, <clears throat> yeah, definitely, I could see an offensive line going here to pick eight, and they should have a pretty good selection to choose from out of that the big five or six that we've discussed. Jacksonville Jaguars will be on the clock next. Another team that needs a lot, right? And this is where. I mean, I think they go Andrew Thomas of Georgia because they need offensive linemen too. Yeah. And I, I, I think everyone's saying, would they go with a wide receiver? Um, there, this is, I just think that they would also go with it. I've been back and forth on what happens, but I think there's where this run on offensive tackles. I mean, I think these teams all are going to bring in some tackles. And I, I, I know people are saying, look, they're going to go secondary, but if a coot is already gone, I think this is too early to pick CJ yeah. Anderson, the other quarterback. That's the idea is that there's five super tackles. There's about seven very, very good wide receivers. And then there's like one good cornerback yeah. in a Kuda. <laughs> there's one. Average quarterback or, or above average in C.J. Henderson, and there's like nine at the same level. Yeah. So I think that's why Jacksonville, when you have a chance to get Andrew Thomas, we talked about him last week. I mean, he's played great against all these uh, defensive teams in the SEC, all these players that we're talking about getting drafted. Like the, the, um, He's been against like Derek Brown and everything. He has been uh, a stud against the elite uh, talent. So I think he would go for number nine. For and like when we just spoke to Daniel Parlagreco, he likes him the best for that reason, because he's facing off against the best the SEC um, ha- has to offer and doing very well and shutting guys down that are just, you know, destroying other people. I also don't think Jacksonville's really trying to win this year, Ira. <laughs> they basically traded away or trying to trade away everything that that team has. They might be in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. So I don't know if drafting a skill position, say here, is really smart. Why not build the foundation, get the well, line? And that makes a lot of sense. Draft Thomas this year, develop him. Yeah. So when Trevor Lawrence comes in next year, then you're set for that. I know yeah. that this is weird about how to, but to schedule it. But if they trade Leonard Fournette, which I think they're going yes. to, um, for, for nothing. I mean, it's better to have this build your offensive alignment. Like you're, you're not going, if you don't have a good quarterback or wide receivers or running backs, you're not going to win, even if you have the great offensive line in the world. <laughs> so just build your offensive line so it's ready when Lawrence comes in. You're like, boy, next year we're going to have we're going to have a great offensive lineman, mm-hmm. bring another offensive lineman next year, sign some people, and then have Lawrence in set to go. I, that, that could be the way they're going to go. Yeah, I don't think that they're playing for 2020. No. Um, coming up is going to be Cleveland after that, and this is another pick that I, I agree with you on. Oh, Jedrick Willis for Georgia. Again, you look, another good young quarterback that seems with an offensive Bad line offensive that is a complete line. mess. you got to protect him, and they're going to put uh, to protect Baker Mayfield. And it's just, again, you're saying, why are we talking about offensive line? Because we have Becton, Willis, Thomas, Wirfs, because these teams have these good young quarterbacks that they want protection for, and they've already got the quarterbacks, and that's why they're going with. I mean, some years we have all these run of quarterbacks. Now we got to get the protection for them, and they feel that they feel there's enough wide receivers that we got to go offensive tackle earlier, then get the wide receiver later. I, I agree 100% that Cle- Cleveland is a lock for an offensive lineman here. Uh, number 11, <clears throat> this one's interesting to me too, Ira, because I think the Jets, if they had. I think they do want an, an offensive lineman. They also want a wide receiver. So what do you think they're going to do here? Well, the top four offensive linemen are gone. And this Josh Jones from Houston, who we talked about last week, dominated the senior bowl. Looks like he's moving up a little bit in the draft. So he he was sort of in that second tier. Now he looks like in a first tier. Mm-hmm. But if you're the Jets and you really don't have, you have Crowder and Perriman at your wide receiver, you lost yeah, Robbie, Robbie Anderson, Anderson go. I, you got to pick. I think if you want to help Sam Darnell, better than picking an average offensive lineman or someone like Josh Jones, more sort of a project. Of, someone you're a little bit, some questions about. I go with Jerry Judy, the best wide receiver in the draft. Put him with Sam Darnell, and Bell. Man, that sounds like maybe the Steelers with yeah. Ben and, and Antonio Brown and and Bell. So I think they bring Jerry Judy in, who's set to go, ready for it in, and, and really so somehow finally give the Jets an explosive offense. And, and you know what, Ira? Th- th- that would be such a good The Jets, in my life, have, haven't had a good skill position player since Curtis Martin. I mean, they've never had a Pro Bowl receiver. This is something that, you know, you you got you got this young quarterback. The line's bad, but not as bad as some of these other teams. Yeah, I think you can address the tackle later. Um, Las Vegas Raiders, you know that Gruden's looking to make a splash here, Ira. What are you, what are you doing? Well, 
we talk about how Gruden might be looking at quarterback and Jordan Love, but he already has Derek Carr, who he's comfortable with, and he also brought Marcus Mariota in. Man, the seems former to love Mariota. Right. So the point is, they they. To, I don't think Gruden. I think Gruden's going to be his first year in Vegas. He's going to want to. I don't think he wants to. He'll pick someone later. He, you know, he loves quarterbacks and wants to groom, but he'll take a a fifth round or a sixth rounder that yeah. no one's ever heard of and turn him into something. But I think he needs to to do something right now. And uh, I mean, he definitely and he could maybe go quarterback. They really have. Uh, uh, Tyrell Williams, who was not out of my fantasy last year and didn't really do much, and Hunter Ref- Renfro, who's more of a possession re- receiver. Henry Ruggs is out there. Henry Ruggs is, we talked about Tyreek Hill, explosive, someone who can get down. I think he's the perfect Gruden wide receiver. I think Gruden wants that. that Gruden wanted to bring in Antonio Brown. Ruggs is maybe not as good Antonio Brown, whatever, in terms of, but he still has that type of, I can put him in everywhere on the field. He can go down the field. He can run across the field. He does everything for Alabama last year uh, with Judy. So yeah, both of them, but I would have, so Judy would go to the Jets at 11 and Ruggs would go to the Raiders at 12. Absolutely could uh, could see that happening. I think that receivers very likely pick here. It does stand to be mentioned. They drafted excellent last year. I think Renfro was a fifth round pick and he had a very good year. So they've been hitting on these draft well, choices. Some people, if you guys look at mocks, CJ Henderson uh, would potentially Potentially go would be from Florida would go. That's where the second cornerback mm-hmm. would go after Akuda. But I don't. I'm not sold on Henderson. And we talked to Parlo Greco said he was a little nervous about Henderson too. I I like Rugs right here. I think that they're going to go. I think Rugs is. Look, Ruggs is going to be a great wide receiver in the NFL no matter what. I think his his floor is low, uh, high, the high floor, meaning it's not going to be a, a bust. So I, I would pick Ruggs. San Francisco is going to be up next at 13, Ira. And this is a team that doesn't have all that many holes. They don't have holes, but they don't have wide receivers. They lost uh, Emmanuel Sanders, so they only have Debo Samuels and Kendrick Bourne. And this seems perfect for C.D. Lamb from Oklahoma. Everyone remembers C.D. Lamb and how explosive mm-hmm. he was. Put him with Jimmy G. I mean, look, remember the Super Bowl when Jimmy G overthrew uh, with Sanders there with yeah. it for the touchdown? Well, C.D. Lamb would have been fast enough. So if Jimmy G, had, <laughs> if Jimmy's going to overthrow someone, I think C.D. Lamb will catch up to the ball. I mean, he played hurt this year and and put up ridiculous numbers. I, I really think that C.D. Lamb is going to be. I mean, it was uh, fourteen touchdowns, fourteen hundred yards. I, I think he's ready. I think that's the, the pick at that position. Uh, and I agree with you here and and they're probably going to be in a situation like your mock is playing out where they're I consider these three the top three receivers in this draft so they're going to have a they're going to get one of the upperest of echelons of a good wide receiver draft they need wide receiver makes sense to me Tampa's on the clock and they got a new quarterback you may have heard of him it's Tom Brady well, I think they need, again, the same thing. They need to protect him, their yeah. line. They don't want any problems. They, they've, they've invested too much in this experiment. They have two great... Also, they have wide receivers that can stretch the field. Clearly, they're going to go offensive line. Now, the question is, if there's ever a team that's going to trade up, if they like one of these offensive linemen better, they might be the team to trade up. They might be the team that makes that move. But Josh Jones from Houston is still there. So if they're drafting at 14, I still think they take that fifth uh, great offensive lineman. So we're going to have five uh, offensive linemen in the first 14 picks. But I think that's where the where Jones goes. But I think that don't be surprised if they trade up and try to get even if there's another one that they like better. But they have to have it. They have to protect Brady. They have to give him more time. And it would be stupid not to because you have you have uh, the, the Mike Evans, uh, you know, in terms of getting that and Godwin, yeah. two of the top five wide receivers in the league. you got to give Brady time to get the ball down the field to them. And I agree. And I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if there was a handshake deal when talking to Brady like. We promise we'll draft a tackle in the first round for you. Um, number 15 is going to be Denver. What do you think here? Well, Denver's this is a tough, tough one. I'm going to still give them Jefferson, Justin Jefferson from LSU, who is just another one of those elite wide receivers. But they could go a lot of directions. But they already have Cortland Sutton and they have Deshaun Hamilton, who I like from Penn State. So they have two they have Hamilton. But the question is, how what's how good is Hamilton going to be? If you can bring Jefferson, you have Drew Locke and a quarterback, and and I think they I I just feel like they like Jefferson. I see a lot of mocks with Jefferson going there. So again, I'm going to put my fourth wide receiver in a row there. Um, let's go to Atlanta. What do you think the Falcons are going to do? The Falcons need to do something on defense, and this is where. Now, we talked about this Derek Brown from, from Auburn, and nobody has him here. Mm-hmm. But I'm going through looking like, would Denver take him? Would these other teams take him? He's an interior defensive lineman, and he's really, really good. And so he, I've seen Derek Brown go everywhere. This is probably the lowest he would go. I'm saying, boy, if Derek Brown falls to Atlanta, they run up there and they take him. But someone's going, you're good. That's going to be a player that people are going to say, why does Derek Brown still keep falling when we saw him in the top 10? I mean, I, I, that's where I think that. 
this is, I think, the most likely landing spot for Derek Brown. Like you're looking at the Derek as these wide receivers are going, C.J. Henderson and Derek Brown, the, the cornerback and the defensive lineman, are are sitting there, and people are like, "Wait, when are they going to get these?" Guys? And this is where I think he would go to Atlanta because they need help on their defense. All right, let's go to Dallas, and uh, you know Jerry likes to make uh, big splashes. Well, it, it's just a no-brainer if Henderson is available from Florida. This is where he goes. They just lost Byron Jones. Um, they they really are, have they need help at cornerback yeah. at that position, and maybe. Xavier McKinney of, of Alabama, as people mentioned, but boy, if they could get C.J. Henderson, that's fine, and that's great. I mean, who uh, perhaps a wide receiver like like T. Higgins at this point, because you only have Cooper and Gallup, but I really think that he's, they definitely need help in the corners uh, back, so I think C.J. Henderson, if he's available, is going to be their pick. Yeah, they're a team that their greatest efficiency is the secondary, and they are hoping to contend for a Super Bowl. So I, I absolutely could see C.J. Henderson if he's there landing in Dallas. Miami will have its second pick of the day next. Well, this <laughs> this is a tough one. Um, they gave up uh, – uh, they, they definitely have problems everywhere. Yeah. And so it's hard to think where they're going to go because they could – You they can't go – it's weird to say this – they really can't. There's no need on this team that you can say, I don't know why they, they did it there. Yeah. Like, they have needs everywhere. I see Javon Kinslaw, defensive tackle from South Carolina. I think that you see, he seems to be a top 10 to 12, 13 pick. I think they need help on the defensive line. They need help everywhere. But I feel that Kin, Kinlaw, Kinslaw will go there to the Dolphins. Uh, I, yeah, I think they'd be thrilled if, if Javon Kinlaw was left at pick 18. Um, I, I, I think the only way that that wouldn't happen would be if one of those big linemen manages to fall down, which I highly doubt. I think they would love to get a lineman to uh, to protect two. Some people have them drafting these other offensive linemen. Now, I have them getting an off. They have another draft. Remember, they have three yeah. picks. So I think they wait for their last pick. I think they're going to wait to the to the to their last pick in the first round to take that offensive lineman and then pick that defensive lineman now. So again, the Dolphins control the board. But I, if I'm the Dolphins, Draft players don't trade. There's not. There's no one on this unless you're going to get Burrow. Uh, Burrow. I, I don't see. I don't see a trade for them. You know, maybe Isaiah Simmons. But honestly, as much as I love Isaiah Simmons, I think that you have three first round picks, really four in the top what forty. I team. You need all the players you can possibly yeah. get on this team. Yeah, I wouldn't be trading if I was them. I've, I've heard the rumors of the the Burrow thing. This team is not just a quarterback away. <laughs> they need a lot. So I, I think they'd be thrilled with a guy, Kinlaw, who would have been like a sixth, seventh, eighth pick most years, falling to 18, 19, It's the it's the Raiders for the second time. Right, and this is where so I already had the Raiders getting the wide receiver at, at, when the, in their pick earlier with Rugs at twelve. So they come back at nineteen, and people say, "Well, they might package it," but for the same reason, I think they need help. So why not just pick two? But this is where that or Chasen out of LSU, the linebacker, the next best one after Simmons. I think he goes there, and again, he had some problems in some games in terms of he, he's just so athletic and he gets beat because he's so fast. But the point is, I think this is where maybe the Raiders get some help on defense. Now people look saying, "Look, they're going to get." Get something for help. Uh, they're going to get help, and maybe in their secondary, they might need a secondary person. The, the Raiders could go anywhere on this position, so I think they could. But I still think that Chasen is the best player out there. Pick him over mm-hmm. one of the other. If Henderson's gone, when CJ Henderson, like they're probably saying, boy, if CJ Henderson falls to us, we're going to pick him. But Dallas picked Henderson, so then we're going to have to pick that linebacker. And I think that that that's still, like you said, they got holes, and this guy fills fills a need. Jacksonville will be up for the second time next. So everyone thinks they're going to go corner now again because they they need help on their defense at the cornerback position because they've been letting a lot of their great players left Jalen Ramsey everything but they and there's Grant Delpit and Jalen Johnson of Utah people have mentioned too but I think Kenneth Murray of, of Oklahoma again he's that other edge linebacker player behind Chasen and behind Simmons that I think he goes there I mean he's he, it, it just helped their defense defense out so I mean if, they, if I had them getting the offensive tackle with Andrew Thomas in the, in the ninth pick then I think Jacksonville comes back with the 20th and helps their defense with Kenny, Kenneth Murray of Oklahoma uh, up next is going to be Philly and this is a weird situation Ira because Philly desperately needs wide receivers. That last year, that was a joke. What what they put on the field towards the end of the year. In any other year, two years ago, Calvin Ridley was the first wide receiver off the board. What did he go? Eighteenth. I don't remember who the. But we're not seeing those top five picks be receivers anymore. Typically, you can get a stud here, but with the the, the run on receivers, Philly might be down to the second tier here. Yeah, I mean this. This is a this is a today they, they have to pick a wide receiver. But yeah. you have Brandon Ayuk of Arizona State. You have Mims of Baylor. Uh, and I, 
I just think Ben Mims goes here. Mims is a big play guy. They need big plays. Yeah. Uh, you have Carson Wentz. You have this elite quarterback. You have Zach Ertz at tight end. You have Miles Sanders at running back. You've got to get a. They cannot afford not to go wide receiver here. So I think if they think that Mims is going to be the player for them at wide, they have to go wide receiver either Ayuk, Pittman, Chenault, or him. And I, I think they go with Mims. I feel I have a feel like they're Mims for Baylor put up big enough numbers. You saw him so many times on TV. I mean, the Big Twelve is sort of inflated, but he can he can catch the ball and run. He can run all the routes. I think he's the perfect pick for them. And, and you know, it, 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 I brought up the stat on the show. Carson Wentz had 4,000 yards last year and no receiver with 500 yards. That's almost impossible to happen. They need the receiver help. 22, Minnesota kind of in the same boat here, Ira. Um, not that many holes and Stefan Diggs was traded away. So what are you thinking for Minnesota? Well, um, in, this, in, this, in this one, that's where I said Iok would come because I think yeah. they, they have Thielen and Tajay Shark as their wide receivers. They gave up digs. I, I think they have to go wide receiver. Now, I see a lot of people go corners, too, and you're like, Ira, you're crazy. You have all these wide receivers going. But, I, look, the wide receivers are good enough. I mean, Ayuk for Arizona State had 65 catches, 1,200 yards, eight touchdowns for a bad team. Yeah. He's, the, he's perfect. And the teams realize they just can't – They there's no way you've already invested what thirty million a year to Kirk Cousins. I mean, and, and you you got you have the running game. Yeah, you, you need to get another wide receiver there because Thielen is not someone. Thielen's a possession wide receiver. He can't be your main someone who's gonna that he catches because Diggs draws people off. I think that you've got to bring someone who's gonna uh, take some coverage off uh, Thielen. Yeah, Diggs' speed was definitely advantageous for that offense and for Adam Thielen. So that I could definitely see that happening here. Up next, it's going to be the new look New England Patriots. Well, <laughs> the uh, I think Zach Brown, because they lost. Everyone thinks they're going to go with just any, like they have help on offense, but I really think they need somebody. So that's why I think because they lost Van Noy, Jamie Collins, Landon Roberts, I think Zach Brown goes here from a linebacker from Wisconsin because they, that's important. They've lost so many of their linebackers. They're going to have yeah. a terrible de- I mean, Patriots are in big trouble. They're not only losing Brady, but they've lost a lot of defensive players, and they just got to plug in holes. I mean, they're going to, they could just be an 8-18 eight and 18 next year. I mean, we always give Belichick all this credit, but the fact is they have to make a move. I think they could be worse than 8-8, eight and, eight. And, and I think that I think they may be in Jacksonville's boat here where I don't know if they want to win that bet. They're going to throw – if they wanted to win nine games, why isn't Andy Dalton in the building? You're going to throw Jarrett Stidham in there. Maybe he wins four or five games, and you're at the top of the draft, which never happens, and they'd be in a, in a position to grab that next quarterback if Stidham doesn't work out. Uh, New Orleans will be up next, and I see this pick going a, f- a few ways. New Orleans is another one of these teams, Ira, that is in Super Bowl contention, so what do they decide to uh, focus on? I'm changing my mind. I think they go T. Higgins here. I had A.J. Terrell. Like, I have everyone say he's going to go cornerback, and they have Michael Thomas, and they brought Emmanuel Sanders in. But you want to be an explosive with Kamara. Like, I think if you're the Saints, you just got to – you have Breeze, and you have Taysom Hill. You have all this weapons. I think you throw everything out there. So I'm going to say they're going to go T. Higgins. I wouldn't be surprised at all. And wide receiver, you have maybe the best receiver in the league, and then the depth chart falls off a cliff after that. So, yeah, getting Drew Brees a weapon for his final season or two, not a bad pick at all for New Orleans. Uh, Minnesota? again well I think at this point pick I think we went wide receiver at 22 and they could go Higgins at that point also whether I look but I see I going there but um the Antoine Winfield Antoine Winfield for Minnesota was he's a playmaker and mm-hmm. he plays great and I know Terrell from Clemson is up there and Noah Igan Nomi of Auburn is up there and there's just there's so many now this is the class where all these cornerbacks but I really think that he plays safety and corner Antoine Winfield in Minnesota because you know he played at Minnesota the Gophers but he was their best player the, the Gophers had a great year last year remember they were at that game against Penn State where they had a chance to, mm-hmm. to win the Big Ten title it was Winfield was the one making plays all over the place he totally destroyed Penn State If he, and if you look at the game this is a comparison how Akuda played against Penn State and how Winfield played against Penn State Winfield was a better player Winfield shut KJ Hamler down Winfield made tur- cause turnovers. I think he was a, I think he played just from my vantage point of Penn State. I thought Winfield was a better player. Miami will be on the clock for their third pick in the first round here. Again, this is where they go. The I partly want them to get Gross Mattis from Penn State because they seem to always be They need those. edge rushers, too. They have Penn State, so I couldn't get between, you know, I, I'm going to say, I wanted to say Gross Mattis, and then I see all the mocks that say this, Ezra Cleveland from Boise State. So they some people must know that Ezra Cleveland could go there, but I think they always like to pick Penn State guys, and Flores is, with, you know, with a Belichick disciple, likes Penn State guys. I... Mattis is the great edge rusher. He just seems, he feels like a dolphin. I, it's So I'm, I'm 
my heart said my head my my head says they're going to pick Ezra Cleveland, but my heart says they're going to go Gross Mattis from Penn State. Seattle will be up next, Ira. They like to run the ball. And they want to pound it. And that's what Cesar Ruiz uh, can move him to guard or center from Michigan. I see them going another. Now, this is where we're talking about those other offensive tackles, offensive linemen. This is that second wave of offensive linemen that would start coming in right now. So that's why I think Ruiz would go at that point. And then uh, you're going to have pick 28. It's going to be the Baltimore Ravens. Not a whole lot of holes on this team. What are you doing? Well, they have to replace C.J. Mosley. And of all the mocks, I might have seen, what, 20 mocks? I think 15 had Patrick Queen of LSU yeah, going there. Yeah, see that often. So I don't know what everyone knows if that's what they want. No one else wants them, but it looks like Patrick Queen would go there. Uh, Tennessee Titans on the clock next. I, I think defensively. I mean, I think the A.J. Espinosa of Iowa, uh, a linebacker in the mindset of, I mean, Vrabel likes that toughness. Yeah. And the plays, and te- you're saying, well, Tennessee's defense is really good already, but boy, they, they could bring in another great linebacker. I think that's where I, th- I like them going with a, with a linebacker. The Marlon Davidson, a defensive lineman, is another option there, but I think it's him. No, and I, I think Epineza fits the uh, fits exactly what they're trying to do there as well, Iris. I think uh, I could definitely see that happening. I think they'd be thrilled if he, if he did fall to them there. Uh, Green Bay will be up 30th. I think they got to go. They have Devontae Adams, and then their second wide receiver is Alan Lazard. Yeah. And you have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback. And I think that you really need to bring another wide receiver in here. And they they didn't sign anyone really big in free agents. So I think LaVisha Chenault, and we talked about him at Colorado, is they maybe the most of all the group of the most athletic wide receivers ever might be the most athletic of all of them and someone who these people seem to like i think he fits right in well for them and he would be the under my scenario one two three four five six the seventh first round pick and wide receiver which is, would be completely insane but i think totally doable there are some years where the the, the fifth round you haven't taken seven receivers yet it's just crazy uh up next will be your super bowl runner-up the san francisco 49ers again well this is where they're going to I think they're looking for cornerback. They have Richard Sherman, and then it's like, as much as we think they like the, the Niners' defense, they definitely, everyone say they need cornerback. Then that's where I put uh, Igabigani of Auburn, this cornerback, or A.J. Terrell of, Cle- of Clemson. Uh, let's say, for sake of purposes, I think it's a coin flip. I think Igabigani would be a pick. And finally, Kansas City Chiefs, not a whole lot of holes on this team. What are you doing? I'm going to surprise everyone. I think J.K., as I said last week, I love J.K. Dobbins. I think they need a running back. Damian, they, they, that's the, I mean, they have the most off- explosive offense you could imagine. But when they lost Hunt, they really, Kareem Hunt, they, Damian Williams has came in and been okay. It's great in some games. But boy, J.K. Dobbins can do everything. I think he's perfect for Mahomes. You put Mahomes and Dobbins in there, it's going to be with that team with Hill and Kelsey. They're going to score 40, 50 points a game. I, I think you, when you're strong, you keep loading up on that strength. And I think J.K. Dobbins would be the perfect fit for that team. Ira, we've got uh, about maybe two minutes or so here left if you want to you know, throw anybody else out there that you're anticipating as the draft goes on. Okay, I just wanted to go over a couple of things. The Colts pick at 34. You notice that we did pick Jordan Love. Jordan Love is from Utah State. 20 interceptions last, 17 interceptions last year. I think he's, I'm not sold on him at all. Some people have him going in the top 10. I don't see the people, unless the Raiders picked him, and I just don't see where he goes unless someone trades up to get him. But the Colts, this he fits with the Colts. You have Phillip Rivers, at least for this year, maybe another year. You could bring the quarterback in, develop him. That's where, and they're picking at 34. They don't have any other drafts. This is their first pick. So there's a lot of teams that are not drafting the first round. You notice the Dolphins have three picks. Yeah. So that's where I like Jordan Love to go there. 35, uh, Detroit has, you notice we, DeAndre Swift, who people were talking about, the best, uh, best running back. I think Swift goes to Detroit at 35. Uh, they, they don't have a running game really at all. And I think this is the position for him. They can, they can wait to pick him up there. Uh, I think Giants get help at safety with McKinney at 36. Carolina. I really wanted Cesar Ruiz here. Nobody <laughs> falls out. I, I, I'm going to throw a couple more. Carolina needs a corner at 38. Um, but I think they go with Jalen Rager. People love him as Rager from TCU, so another wide receiver that people might know. And how about the Dolphins at 39? I mean, again, there are so many cornerbacks that could be in this, this position. There are there are Terrell, Diggs, Fulton, Egmadani, Jalen Johnson, Gladney. Then you have McKinney from Bama. You have so many, and this is where I think they go, Kristen Fulton from uh, from LSU. But that's why I think the corners drop. People, Some people say are pushing them up. I think, no, you pick the wide receivers first, and then you go, and you're going to get these run and run of corners. 
Um, let's see what else. Uh, I think that uh, um, Chase Claybull for Houston. I think the Texans need another wide receiver. You might people might know him from Notre Dame. Was a big uh, the big wide receiver last year. Probably would go to that position. And uh, and then if Indianapolis is at forty four, and if they don't get a quarterback, maybe Eason here. Maybe this is where they pick uh, Eason out of Washington at the forty fourth pick in the second round. Uh, and then oh, I got another really great pick that I like here. Tampa Bay at 45. Could you imagine if they get Jonathan Taylor of Wisconsin? Wow. That's what I'm saying. That's why you wait for the running backs. If they got Taylor from Wisconsin, one of the best running backs I've ever seen in college, had, uh, what, 6,000 yards as a college running back. I mean, that would be just through tremendous. And it's very realistic. He makes it to 45. Right, right. Totally. And then the Jets at 48. Maybe this is where they get an, if they if they want to get it, if they don't go wide receiver early. So I'm saying if they don't get the wide receiver, we talked about Judy earlier, maybe KJ Hamler, Penn State would be mm-hmm. available at that pick. Uh, then the Steelers haven't had a draft pick yet. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm, as a Steelers fan, you got Minka Fitzpatrick. I don't wait till, <laughs> so the first round is on Thursday, Friday. I'm going to have to wait till like I'm at how many hours in the draft? Yeah, and I like finally, five hours. <laughs> and I finally get my first draft pick. And, and people like Jalen Hurts. And, and I think that, uh, I think that's a, that's a pick that probably it makes sense. Um, people like him, but he might go higher. But Jalen Hurts from Oklahoma, the star quarterback there. But uh, but I like him for the Steelers because I think he can do so many things. They'll put him in the, as a wide receiver. They'll have a running back. He'll throw it to Ben. And I think this is a type of quarterback that Ben will get along with because if he knows, he didn't like Mason Rudolph because he's like, if he's sitting there holding a clipboard, he's not helping me. I don't need anyone to hold my clipboard <laughs> for me. I can do, hold my own clipboard. I know what I'm doing. But Jalen Hurts is going to be on the field doing things, being active, playing position, playing things. And I think Ben is going to love that. And unlike what, how Flacco was used with Lamar Jackson with Denver, I see Hurts getting involved in stuff. And it's funny, the Steelers, you know, over the past two decades haven't shied away from these kind of hybrid type quarterbacks. We've seen Cordell Stewart, Antoine Randall-L, who they made a wide receiver. So they're, this is something that's not new to the Steelers. And I want to do one more pick. Dolphins are at 56. What if they could get Clyde Edwards-Hilaire from LSU? Wow. Now, let's. we got Tua. we got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. We're getting the team getting – it's just unbelievable. Having a great running back like that just to pick there, I just think that would be – again, boy, some of these running backs that could fall in that second round, you just got to stay aware. But if they got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, the, the Dolphins would be like, we have this, the greatest draft in the world. <laughs> and I'm sure hoping – I'm sure they're hoping that that works out that way as well. We are about out of time, Ira. I know we're uh, – Super excited for this draft on Thursday. I want to thank Daniel Parlagreco so much for stopping by. On behalf of Iron Mike, let's talk next Monday night. It's Iron Sports.